Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 I feel jazzy, like, mm, hey, 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 that's my little baritone, you know, I was an alto, as you can tell. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> Hi, Andy, how are you? You're very jazzy, that's two weeks in a row, last week I was doing jazz hands, backing you up. Right, so this is Brown Ambition, for those of you newbies out there. Where you been um, at? Spent four years. I know, I know. We've been at the staying at the staying for a minute. That's crazy. Four years. Episode one seventy seven. We oh one hundred and seventy seven. My knees are aching. We're like Full House. Like, what's a really long running sitcom or something? No, Full House is had to be Friends. more than four episodes, right? Yeah, that's true. They did like a million seasons. Right. <laughs> we trying to get it's that a- Friends money. Right. That ten year. That ten year. Um, <laughs> money. You know, at the seven year. That seven year itch. Seven is a divine year. Let's see. If we make it to seven, what would even what would we talk? Seven years. It could get. I feel like our lives only get more interesting. Yeah, I believe so. You'll have Do like you know the, uh, twelve the kids Obama's by then. The, well, well, I don't want twelve. Just one, maybe two. <laughs> I heard the Obamas are getting a podcast. Did you hear? They are just inking deals left at the the Obama Empire. Yeah, what? They, they signed with Spotify. That's with Netflix. They have so I mean, many deals. Deals on deals. I know. It's so crazy. Like, you know, you had the you had the foresight. I must give it to you. Podcast was gonna be a thing thing, you know? And I'm like, look at this. Like I had heard of them before, of course. I'm trying to think, did I even listen to podcasts back then? I think I listened to like one and now like like it's like a thing for me. Like I love a good podcast. I've been I've been on this like it's you can't have both. Like I've been wanting to read more books, so I I took a social media break in May, which really opened up my, I was putting down my phone more often and I was like, let me go to the library and get some books. And uh, now that I've been reading more, I literally, I haven't listened to a podcast, like not even the daily for the New York Times um, in like six weeks now. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I go through these phases, but I do love, I love the, um, I know it's trashy, but true crime podcasts are so good. Um, I can't, my, my heart can't take it. <laughs> I love Honestly, mystery. like <laughs> I'm one of those people who are like, I can't take it. That's why you wait for all the episodes to be there and then you binge them. You don't have to wait, you know, with the anticipation. Even me, like I will literally pause and like walk around like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's getting too good. It's getting too good. (laughs) I like shake my hands. I gotta like shake my body out like I'm like I'm doing exercise. Like like I feel like as I get older, I I don't my anxiety when like a show gets too good and I'm like, oh my gosh. Or like I I don't know if this happens to you, but my secondhand embarrassment has been so heightened. You ever see like something on TV, you're like, I know it's a show, but it's you know, it's supposed to be an embarrassing moment for whoever the character. And I am like, 
dying. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I'm like, Tiffany, it's a show. I'm like, I know, but it's so embarrassing. I'm like, you know what? No more TV for you. <laughs> We've talked about this because you've said before how you really like um, absorb people's emotions yes. and like, what they're going through. Yeah. Um, I was watching Never Been Kissed last night, which I think 20 years later is still an exceptional piece of film. Um, and I, but I was so embarrassed. Like, I don't know if it's just that I've been reminiscing about my high school and college days lately, but I felt so, I felt way more embarrassed for her. And like, I wanted to just hug this character yes. um, throughout the whole movie. Josie Grossy. Josie Grossy. Such a good <laughs> movie. It was either that. It is. I'm like at a hotel, you know, in the middle of Charlotte, like corporate park in Charlotte, North Carolina, for work for a couple days. So I was scrolling through HBO Go, just wanted some comfort food, you know, in in a free movie form. Well, my, one of my other favorites that she's done is Ever After. Have you watched Wait, that one? that I, was I, the I, other one I was between. Never oh, been kissed I, or Ever After. No, yes. Ever After, ever after is, the, is the jam. <laughs> I probably have watched that like a hundred times. Jarrell will be sleeping, Superman will be sleeping, and I'm like, I'm just going to do a little Ever After. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> It's oh so my good. god! I, it is so good. I'm like oh, Drew Barrymore. I swear you, because yeah, it, it's just like this awkward, like. But in the end, you win anyway. I'm like, it's me. It's me. It's the best Cinderella <laughs> story they've done. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. behind Brandy's, but still, Brandy's yeah. is more like you know jelly Musical. beans and and candy and just yeah. like black beautiful amazingness. Whitney Houston, like, come on. I know. Uh, fantastical and magical and musical, but ever after it was just like my teenage heart. Yes, it's everything. I'm like, how could you treat her like that? She was trying to tell you the truth. Anyway. (laughs) All right. But what's happening in the world? Oh, last week we were talking about, so your avocados are safe, America. I know. I was going to say that. Look look who Little Hands has decided to back down. (laughs) No, no, he he didn't back down. He still worked out a plan. This plan wasn't possibly worked out three months ago, but – yeah, he came up with a new plan, and tariffs are working, and now Mexico is listening to everything we have to say. Yeah, right. Mexico is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't care, as long as my avocados are safe. The 5% right? tariffs on Mexican imports are not happening. Yeah, well, my, it's, well, my, randomly, I was, like, looking at, you know, I was checking my, um, I use um, Robinhood, the app, just to buy, like, I don't invest seriously through, through Robinhood, but just like, you know, a stock here, a stock there, just to kind of see like what my picks are like. And I'm not going to lie. I'm doing pretty good. And um, I bought Beyond Meat and it's doing like great. Um, Wait a second. Because I was just on CNBC. Just me, now. I mean, let me see. Hold on. Maybe that's not All the right, one I'm well, doing. Maybe you should check because yeah, this, this like, headline says it? Beyond Meat dives 25%. Oh, no, you, well, <laughs> no, no. It is doing well. It's doing great compared to what I bought it for. Let me just right, say that. You got in early. Okay, yeah. good. Right, I got right, it right, under, right. like, I got it for like 60 bucks and now it's 126. So, yes, Beyond Me has, as long as it doesn't go under like 60 bucks, then I'm good. That's what I mean. No, so, you're right that's... there. I was like, yeah, it is. Now I'm trying to think today's highs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, 52 week high was 186. And, um, but I would have loved to have gotten it at a low when it first opened at $25. Can you imagine? Yes. That would have been nice. But how do you know? I mean, you know, I listened. It seems like you're having a good time with Robin Hood. I chickened the hell out with Robin Hood. I think I maybe had a thousand bucks in there with various investments. Um, and then I was just like, let me get my money. And I just like, I don't know. I have these like moments of anxiety where I'm just like, never mind. I don't have the balls anymore. I don't want to see, I, you know, or I was like making money and then I got afraid I was going to lose it, risk aversion. You know, however you want well, to cycle I have, like, like you said, I keep like, 
I have just a like now I've got like a few thousand because I'll do like I'm gonna get two stocks of this. I'm gonna get three stocks of that, you know. And so overall, mm-hmm. like uh, I think I've had it for five years now. Okay. Um, you were like it, from the beginning. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm trying to think. One year I have to see like when I signed up. Did I sign up five years ago? I don't know. But overall, my my full year. Oh, since 2016. So that's not five years. That's like August 5th, 2016. Um. So, but no, 35. percent I've I've had um my investments have gone up. Damn, that's, so that's excellent. Mm-hmm. excellent. I mean, well, to be fair, too, a lot of the stocks, I haven't even bought a lot of them because I actually used Acorns. They are, um, not Acorns. I use uh, Robinhood, like their freebie. Like, I think I said it out in an email, like, hey, here's like, you know, an app that you can like buy stocks individually and track them. And so I put it in an email that people signed up and I got a ton of free stocks. So I'm not even going to lie. I probably got like a hundred, hundred share, more than that, probably two or 300 shares of like random stocks. Oh, damn. Um, I feel like they run promos like that every once in a while. mm -hmm. So, like, for example, they give Groupon away. They give Siri away. They give Sprint. And so, like, these are stocks that I just kind of got for free. So I'm like, okay, not for free because, you know, like like I said, I didn't have to pay for them. So I guess it is for free. But it was basically like, you know, if you sign up with my app, I get a free stock. That's even better. Mm -hmm. So that's why I haven't really – that's why I guess why I like it is because I don't really have to – put much money in i'm just kind of like oh yeah give me a free stock okay (laughs) (laughs) and of course all the ones that they get they they giving me i'm like "Mm, they're all doing terrible that's fine (laughs) that's fine oh but my wayfair is doing good you know what what i really started doing i just want you what because you know oh god that jingle uh, and then plus you know because wayfair uh, that's jocelyn maine and what is it all modern it's doing good i bought it for 88 it's 156 now ow so Whenever I'm using like a company and I'm like going ham, I'm like, let me look to see their stock, see how it's doing. Um, it's just because I'm like, you know, if I'm overusing it, maybe other people are too. So, yeah, that's well, how I just I... read something about how house flipping is on the rise, which could be good for these uh, furnishing companies. Ooh, true. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? Did you ever watch Work- Working Girl? Like, I finally watched Working Girl. It's on Hulu for those of you, um, yes. you know, late to the party millennials. Yeah, it's good. Lily Tomlin. Yeah. Um, and um, um, what's her name? Dolly um, Parton. Main- no, not, no, not that Working Girl. Working Girl. Um, Wait, what am I thinking of? I know what you're talking about. You're thinking about something else. Um, working Girl is with um, Melanie Griffin. Remember? Oh, no, no, no. Haven't seen that. What am I, what am I thinking of then? Oh, Working what? 9 to 5. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Another classic. Oh, well, no, the reason why I like Working Girls is because it, you kind of, like, it, it, it's a great kind of, like, explanation of, like, well, part of it anyway, like, stocks, basically, and how it all happens and acquisitions. And I was like, oh. And so, like, she was, like, reading the newspaper, and she made a tie-in that, oh, some other industry is rising. So she was like, as a result, this other industry will likely also do well, and she was right. And so I just was thinking like what you said that like, hey, people are flipping houses. So by nature, they likely are going to be looking for, you know, furniture and whatever and Wayfair and those kind of stores will likely get more business and their stock likely will go up. So it's like, you know, that's the thing that's interesting about stocks is that if you can make those kind of connections, that's where you can kind of win. I get this thing every month oh, where, or every every other day. I forget. I think Robin Hood sends it to me and I like it. I think it's called like Robin Hood Snacks. And I like it because it just kind of gives you like snack bites of like kind of like stocks and what's happening, what's going on. So I really like I've been enjoying it because I'm not someone who's reading like the New York Times financial section. 
And so I can just, just kind of read it and be like, hey, this is cool. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm proud of you for having the guts to withstand Robin Hood. I'm just like, for now, I'm a target date fun girl. That's just my jam. But I'm going to get back in it eventually. Eventually. Yeah. I got to do something with my IRA. It's just like sitting there. Um, it'd be fun to take some, or maybe I should get my husband to pick some stuff. I don't know. He, you know, he was the one who wanted to go see Hamilton like three months before it hit Broadway. And I was like, that sounds stupid. <laughs> so like, I don't think I'm a good judge. <laughs> and you're like, oh, but did you ever end up going to go see it? Oh, yeah, we saw it. I'm the, I loved it more than he did. And I was like, he's like, remember when I wanted to see it like several months before anyone had ever heard about it. And you were like, ew, history? No. <laughs> I know you're like, so yeah don't 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 listen to mandy analyst reports i don't know what i'm talking about listen um speaking of the new york times though i was just reading this so we all know the well maybe you don't know but the the world cup women's world cup is happening mm -hmm. and america is in the world cup women's team and uh alongside the fact that we're you know fighting for um our title in the world cup they're also in court um, women soccer soccer players battling against um, their pay and claiming that there's been discrimination because like even though they're the you know versus the men's team they actually win tournaments and they've won the world cup before um, the women's team is still paid so much less than them and like the the prizes that they win for their um, for their games are a lot less so mm -hmm. they're battling it out in court um, so girl power there but isn't it like depressing it is that of course they're beat, they're winning more than the guys are. I don't even know if the guys made it to the World Cup this year, but um, or whenever the last one was. I'm testing my soccer knowledge now. But anyway, <laughs> but women are clearly, you know, they and especially since they won the World Cup, I think it was like a few years ago, 2015 or 16. Um, since then, like women's interest in women's soccer has like way surpassed male men's soccer in the U.S. And it's growing mm -hmm. in popularity, and there's all this excitement, and you know they're getting bigger numbers and bigger turnouts. I think they're, you know, the America's women competing in that World Cup where they won was one of the most watched um, sports events ever, um, especially in the soccer world. And yet, they are still not being paid as well as that's the not men. fair. Taint yeah, fair. It's not. And so, but I'm glad that they're fighting for that because that's, I mean, that's the only way you're going to change it. So. Yeah, I remember I remember doing this article at Yahoo where I interviewed it's not just soccer. There's a lot of women's teams out there that because they're not, you know, even just women's basketball players, like so many of them have to go overseas just to get a pay, a good paycheck. Yes. You know? Mm -hmm. And then there's my, women my friends did. She played overseas. Reminds me of Love and Basketball. <laughs> she was like there was no real um opportunity here. Yeah, just like in Love and Basketball when she asked to like, where does she yeah. play in Spain? Yes, or something like that. It's so funny how everything can be, you can find all of your life lessons in a movie. <laughs> yeah. But there's <laughs> women's football leagues. And these women, it's mm -hmm. not just, some women, you know, it's not even about they don't get paid. Like if they injure, they have full-time jobs and they're paying, they're playing because it's their passion project and they're mm -hmm. basically paying to play and travel. And then if they get injured, they may not have insurance. They don't get any coverage. And then, you know, they may, their careers could be over without any kind of, um, without any kind of uh, support or backup because the league does not recognize them as an official league. Which and that's is, really uh, just like, exactly, that sucks. Boo. 
have you seen this? Is not like a, a new new article. Well, it was done in April. I guess I've been seeing this pop up more and more and more. That um, CNBC has this article that says wealth manager colon buying a home is usually a terrible investment. Here's why. Neat. Yeah, this has become like the equivalent as if coffee is coffee good good for you or yes. bad for you headline. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. totally in like the personal finance world, right? Because like yes. You can re- I bet you pop open that story and they're like, well, it can be a good idea if these three things or a yes. bad idea if these three things. And honestly, too, I mean, I get it. But sometimes for some people, you know, buying a home, is it's not just a financial decision. I mean, not to say you shouldn't keep you should definitely keep finances, obviously, like a home is still an investment. But I think most people purchase their home not necessarily as a as a vehicle to build wealth. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but. I feel like people purchase homes because, you know, they're like wanting to live in a specific place. Maybe you're wanting to raise a, ch- a child there, start a family. So, you know, to me, if net net you come out even, I get it. Let's just say like my parents bought their house. I think it was like 250 when they bought their house in Westfield. And now I think it, it, it's like uh, valued at like a seven, um, 650 to 700,000. But, you know, they bought it when I was nine. I'm 39 now. So that's 30 years later. Uh, but, you know, you think about like the work they put in and like property taxes, whatever. So maybe they come out a little bit on top. Maybe they come out, you know, net, net even. But I mean, they wanted us to be raised in Westfield, this beautiful town. We have a beautiful backyard that butts up against a park. It was more than just a, it was a financial choice, but it was more than just that. So I think that sometimes these financial articles don't take into consideration that home ownership is is a financial choice, but it's also an emotional one too. Yeah, and that's why you can't, I mean, as long as you're going into it with the right perspective, hey, this house is not my guaranteed nest egg. I'm not going to put all my savings into it and expect it to give me my retirement one day. As long as you're not doing that, and you're treating it as like one of the several types of investments that you have, then, you know, it can't, it, it can be a good part of like a good piece of a balanced um, investment portfolio. For me, um, you know, I'll let you know in 10 to 20 years if buying a house was a good investment. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. It just yeah. was what my husband wanted and uh, kept the peace. <laughs> exactly. But, and I'm sure you love it now. I mean, it's okay. I, <laughs> our dishwasher. You have, you've got a dog. I do have a dog. Oh, I love my Molly. Um, I, our dishwasher broke and it's like ruining our marriage now. Um, cause what my, happened? I don't know. This thing is like brand spanking new, top of the line. And the thing is these fancier dishwashers now give you an error code if there's any kind of moisture. And I guess there's a small leak. And of course, like the no, I don't want to get into it, but the, you know, the people they sent out to fix it spent like 45 minutes, smelled to high heaven. My God, just like stunk up my whole house and um, with their body odor and didn't even do anything. And we had to book another appointment. So... But in, in our house, my husband does the dishes, and it's a beautiful thing. He decided that I wasn't worthy. I don't load the dishwasher correctly, and I was more than happy to uh, continue to be bad at it so that he would just take it over. <laughs> That's like me and Superman. I'm not going to lie. I do not wash a dish. <laughs> it's fine. You know, it. hey, he doesn't cook, so, you know, it, it balances things out. But um, well, even when they were there, they were like, do you know what setting you guys usually use? I was like, maybe I've opened that thing three times. I... <laughs> Couldn't just tell to look you. Like, right, like it's my yeah. in here. <laughs> but he treats it like a car, you know. He's over there just like inspecting it and like tinkering with it. No, anyway, but uh, yeah, where was I? A, like, well, one of the things I did learn about, like, you know, for those of you who are, and then we'll wrap up the, the segment. But one of the things I learned is that, like, so I didn't get, I got, um, like, the everybody was telling me, like, all the 
I don't know, techie guys, they were like, make sure you get a warranty or not a warranty, yeah, a warranty, right? On the refrigerator for sure. Well, most of them come with like a, you know, at least a year warranty, like new appliances. No, they're like, it's worth, like, it's worth the extension because fridges <laughs> are notoriously expensive to fix and they almost always, especially if you've got like the ice maker and all that kind of stuff, they're like, it's worth the warranty. Literally every single guy I know that was like, you know, like mechanic-y, whatever, I don't even know the word for it, was like definitely, they're like, the stove, not so much, like, you know, you can, whatever it comes with is typically fine. The stoves typically don't break down as much and they're not as expensive to fix. Um, I didn't hear about them. You know, I never even asked about the, I'm going to ask like my mechanic guy friends, like, should I, like, should I get, cause I didn't get a warranty on the dishwasher, but I definitely got like a three-year one and everybody was like, no longer. I'm like, really? They're like, I'm telling you the refrigerator at some point, the ice maker is going to stop working and you're, you're, it's the, the expense of like replacing the part and this or that is going to be that warranty for the year. I'm like, whoa. So I'm actually, that's what like on my to-do list is to extend my warranty on my, on my, my on my fridge. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. I actually don't know. He was also in charge of purchasing the appliances, so I don't know if he did any like extended warranties or anything like that. Yeah. Like um, I said, like I said, the fridge is the one to invest in if you're going to do it. That's what I've heard from the word on the street. Well, the people <laughs> who owned the house before had the same fridge for like 30 years, so they're probably laughing all like laughing at us with yeah. our well, we have those fancy new appliances. For real. Like, I mean, the fridge that just opens with nothing on the outside, those fridges last longer than people's lives. They're like, mm. Grandma's not here fridges, but like these new fancy fridges. Oh my gosh. Like They're the door and door fridges. Yeah. Tap on the front and you can see inside. I mean, you can just open it and see inside. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they're so fancy now. It's like cars. Remember before, like you didn't have to worry about your car window getting stuck. It just was a roll. You just roll. Well, you're probably too young, but you used to roll it. Remember for you? I, mean, you I might've rolled my 2003 Ford Taurus a couple times. <laughs> that was my first car. I thought I was really styling with that Ford Taurus too. <laughs> so my cousin was like, that's a grandma car. And you're like, what? Don't you just hate? All it takes is one person to say something. And you're like, it's your whole perspective day. of your life changes. You're like, my life is not the same. Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to take questions? We will right after this short break. Stick with us. Ooh, that was a nice little, that was like a news segue. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, take a quick break and be right back to answer your questions. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's time for questions, Q-U-E, 
S. Jones. I didn't want to mess up the spelling because I'm not that great of a speller. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, at least you're uh, honest about it. Yes, I can't wait. I heard we have some really good questions. You know, you guys have been gramming me. I think I'm just going to stick with the whole gram thing. Wait, are we getting a question a question live right now? No. Oh my goodness. I don't know if I can answer that. Um, thank you guys for sending your questions via Instagram. I guess that's like our thing now. Is that how we're gonna communicate? I mean, that's fine. <laughs> we are at Brown Ambition Podcast on Instagram. Again, if you're gonna send a question, just send me a DM directly. Um, don't tag us in your stories because I always like it's frustrating because people tag us and then I, you know, they only have 24 hours to see it, and then I have no idea what they said. So yeah. If they're talking smack, oh, I never know. All right, let's do let's do a question. We haven't done any side hustle questions before. This question comes from Instagram user Alyssa, Alyssa Zilla on Instagram. She says, I just started listening to your podcast via Stitcher and I've become a huge fan. I have a question. What are some good side hustle ideas when you have a really busy job? Good question. Hmm. Um, do you want to take, do you want to, uh, well, uh, I'm just, well, I'm not like I'm like, like not a super side hustler, but I do know Sandy um, from you know we had her on right. Was Sandy here when I was in here? Listen, we still have not has had Sandy Smith on this show. <gasps> I know, no. <laughs> I know. You this, guys are gonna love her, honestly. You she call her side hustle. Yeah, I will. She's a side hustle queen, and she's amazing. So I'm just gonna share some of the stuff. Like you know, this is not my own genius. It's just some like stuff that Sandy. Sandy actually has like this like side hustle sheet. Um, maybe we could find it like link and link in the show notes. But yeah, I remember one thing so she was like, um, so like, let's just say you live in the city and you happen to have a driveway, you might rent out your driveway for like, you know, like, like, for example, I live in Newark and one of the houses that I bought is close to a train station. And so we're going to rent out because it's a, it's a multi, it's going to be a multifamily house. So anyway, so we could potentially rent out a driveway space for that. You could rent out attic space. Um, Sandy made $80,000 in a year or so on Amazon selling like, you know, mugs and t-shirts and stuff on Amazon. She had a full-time job as an HR professional. And so she made the 80,000 cause she wanted to pay off her student loan debt, which she did. So there's always that. Um, it doesn't have to be like your full-time thing. I mean, asking yourself like there's braiding hair, there's making cookies, there's babysit. I used to babysit all the time. I used to, um, tutor, um, what are some other light lifts? I mean, and podcasting, this is a side hustle. That's true. That's true. No, I never thought about that. You're right. We're making a little um, something, something. And there's a young woman, I can't remember her name, but like now it's become her full-time thing. But she used to, um, she creates a really healthy, um, uh, recipes for busy millennials. And I think people pay like 10 bucks a month and she sent you the recipes for like the month or whatever. Um, and they're like really great. And, and, but she's grown a seven figure business as a result of literally just, just selling like access to recipes, which I thought was great. If you're a teacher and this is something like I would have done if I was still teaching is if you have great lesson plans, I know a young woman that sells her lesson plans because she does really detailed lesson plans. And if you've ever been a teacher writing lesson plans, is a pain in the butt. So she does these detailed lesson plans and then, um, she does like new ones every month for the month. And you know, you do a subscription so you can print them out and you don't have to do lesson plans and you have, you can already know what you're going to do for, with your kids for the, um, for the, for the month. So that's another really great one. To me, the best side hustles are like intellectual ones, meaning like they don't require physically doing something, you know, because, because your time is limited. That's what I'm assuming that's what you mean by busy. So if there's some sort of knowledge that you can sell, 
that, you know, that's always a great, um, a great side hustle. But yeah, Sandy had like this whole sheet that I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought of these things. One of the things I used to do all the time was I used to do studies when I was like a super broke college kid. Well, let me, who am I lying? I oh, my husband used to do those too. Yeah. Okay. So my, I've done sleep studies or well, not just sleep studies, but just studies in general and focus groups. Um, and so one time I did the sleep study, I didn't want to do it by myself because you actually had to like sleep over at the sleep study place. So my roommate, my college roommate and I did it. It was $2,500. I forget what they were like looking for or studying. Um, but I've done studies on like soap where they like gave you soap to take home. You're supposed to wash your face with it, which I was like, mm, not me. I used to wash my hands with it. Cause I was like, you will not be ruining this complexion. <laughs> um, but don't be like me because clearly they were like <laughs> taking pictures of my face every week. And I did start to feel guilty. Like this is not even real. but I've definitely done a ton of focus groups um I remember which was actually really cool I did a focus group once on on um the wizarding world of Harry Potter it was yes they did they gave me 250 dollars I went to the city and they wanted me to sit in this room and the, the on the main screen was like a mirror of the computer screen and they said pretend like you're booking a vacation to to um so Universal Studios and you want to go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So I think it was just coming out or I don't know, or they were just rebuilding the website. So they just wanted to see if the website was like, it was easy to navigate. So I would navigate and they'd be like, why'd you press that button? I'm like, cause it was right here, I guess. Cause it, I noticed it cause it was red. So they were just like watching how do people naturally navigate the site. And it was so crazy because like maybe a few years later, I ended up taking Supergirl, my bonus daughter to Harry Potter. And I was like, oh my gosh. And, we, and I was booking it. And I was like, I know this site. Glad to see they took my advice. Meanwhile, I don't know if they took <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, that's, I mean, studies, I found a lot of focus groups and studies on Craigslist. There's actually, I think, focusgroups.com. They still call me to this day. They called me maybe like a few weeks ago saying, hey, would you like to? And I was like, no, but you know, it's, it's typically a hundred dollars or more. Um, but if you're really busy, you might not have the time for that. But uh, like I said, if you know something, see if you can sell it. For you can create like a like Canva C A N V A instead of canvas with the S. Take off the S. You can make like little PDFs, and you can create um, uh, uh, things that people can download. Let's just say, like I said, you're really good. Like you've got an awesome kid who's like super smart, how to raise kids or whatever it is, and you sell it for under ten bucks, anywhere from five bucks, two bucks, three bucks, and you know you're you're you you post it on social. So. To me, I think, like I said, intellectual kind of property is like uh, is a great way to make money without having to do a whole bunch of work. Yeah, and I'll just add, um, especially if you're really busy with a job, like you know, I said this podcast is a side hustle, and if it if it weren't something that I genuinely enjoyed, it would be such a pain. Even yeah. though even though it's not a huge time suck, um, do something that you enjoy and like try and take advantage of something that you're already good at, so that it doesn't feel like additional work. Um, but I take advantage of so like in this gig economy there, I mean, I use, I can just list off at least a handful of gig economy apps that I use every day that make my life easier and could be a great side hustle if you've got the time. Um, so one of them is my dog walking app wag, which a lot of, I do get, um, uh, like a variety of different walkers and they all have different backgrounds, like they're college students and they have the summer off or like my very favorite dog walker, he just wanted a career change. Um, and just decided to, as a segue, he would do a few side hustles, including being a wag walker. Um, there's, of course, like Uber and Lyft. Um, there's yep. TaskRabbit, which I use all the time, especially like if you run like offices. Um, if we need someone to build furniture or something, we'll use TaskRabbit. Um, there's a lot uh, of things out there 
But I think the best side hustle is one where it's a talent that you have that you enjoy doing and you can monetize it. Um, yes. So start from there. Because if you don't enjoy driving or using gas and miles or you don't enjoy dogs, like that's not going to be the side hustle uh, for you. Yeah. And like I said, I, just figuring out what you already got to know and figuring out how do I monetize it. Social media is like so your friend. You know, you actually, you know, and I'll, I'll leave you this piece of advice. There are literally side hustle groups on Facebook. So just type in side hustle and see like what kind of comes up because you can join those groups and ask and, and you know, there might be somebody who's rocking out, killing it. You're like, well, I never thought about it that way. So that's definitely because if you are going to want to sell stuff online, you're going to want to know, well, what website and how do I do this? And, and those groups can really help guide you because I'll have people in there that are doing it already. Oh, that's a great tip. Yeah. Side hustle. I mean, there's podcasts about side hustles. I almost just blurted out one that I think I've seen before side hustle nation. Um, there's, it's just, there's tons of resources out there. So good luck. It's a good time to be a side hustler. It is. Thank you for your question, Alyssa, Alyssa, if I got that right. And let's see, there was one in here that mentioned my favorite person ever, Dave Ramsey. Um, <laughs> and that's, oh, never mind. I don't even want to go there because y'all come for Dave Ramsey. If you're the, the Dave Ramsey the nation. Ooh, I know. I know. I don't want that. I'm <laughs> the like, Dave Hive. That was that was Mandy's boys. I was just <laughs> I've gotten it before. I love to like, <laughs> I love to stir the little hornet's nest. But anyway, let me find this question. Oh, y'all. Instagram is not easy to uh, navigate. Okay, here we go. So this question comes from listener Carice. It's a pretty name. All right. She says, hi, Mandy and Tiffany. I ran across um, your show from another Instagram user's post. I have a question about credit scores. I've done Dave Ramsey's financial peace class in the past and understand his perspective about the credit score being less important and listening to you on your podcast and others in the financial space. I was surprised to see that you guys emphasize credit scores and credit worthiness. Can you explain where you're coming from? Is that meant for those who are trying to do better financially, but not as much for those who want to be financially free? I love the show. Keep giving us the greatness. Ooh, is that a little bit of shade in there? Like, I mean, for those other folks who don't want to be financially free, who said because you have a credit card, you don't want to be financially free? <laughs> but that's, I mean, you take this one because I know that you've you've gotten this question before and you have some thoughts on like, because Dave Ramsey's philosophy is that credit cards are the devil mm -hmm. um, and the devil is a lie and you should <laughs> cut them up. <laughs> right? Is that, did I sum it up? It is. No, no, you're <laughs> right. The devil is a lie. Well, here's the thing. So my personal, the way I operate as Tiffany, I actually operate closer to the Dave Ramsey method, method than, cause I don't, I don't have any credit card debt. I pay it off in full. I rarely use my credit card. I pay, I even pay for my houses in cash, including the, my car, Superman bought his, his car cash. So I'm not here to say Dave Ramsey is the worst because the truth is the way I live my personal life is more in alignment with that. But I am also someone who believes that um, you have to meet people where they are. And I don't even believe that there's one way to financial freedom because I didn't always live like that. And, and truthfully, the reason why I pay for everything in cash is not honestly the healthiest reason is because I'm afraid because I have not gotten over the recession and I carry too much cash with me. And at one point I had so much that I actually was like, I had to do something. So I bought a house. That's not healthy, you know? So, but here's the thing about credit. I used to believe that credit was the devil. It is not. That credit is not just for people who are looking to borrow. So great, you have a house. Great, you might have a car. But here's the thing. like 
maintaining a decent credit score, it's only helpful. It does not hurt you to maintain a decent credit score. It doesn't mean that you have to get more credit or you have to borrow or whatever, but just being mindful of your credit is going to be helpful because it's not just about you know, you're, you, you already have your house, you already have your car, because eventually you might want another car. Eventually you might have to rent a car. Eventually you actually might want to get a job. Yep. That, like for my, my mentee was, um, she graduated law school and she was scared that she was not going to be hired because they took her credit score into consideration. There are like, I knew not just lawyers. I knew a young woman that didn't get, she worked at a, um, a truck, uh, like a, a truck driving like company. And I forget what role she wanted to play, but she wanted to get a promotion and had, she came to my class because they would not give her a promotion until she, in order to, for her to move into this new position, she had to have a credit score of a, of a particular number or better. So credit is not just about borrowing. There are aspects of your life that are affected by credit. That's why I said just in general, because a woman had told me once, Mandy, that like, um, let my credit score go to zero. I don't care. I already got my car in my house. I'm like, sis. So here's the thing. If, you know, like I said, if you ever want to get a, um, uh, to rent a car, if you ever want to get another car, a certain job, but not just that, but like, I know that the PSC and G, I live in New Jersey. So it's like, um, Con Edison and like New York and other places. So that is our energy company. They have, they have the ability to actually charge you more per kilowatt or kilowatt, whatever that, that, that energy, um, measurement is if you have poor credit. So literally your electric bill could be higher if you have poor credit. So that's why I just share with people that like credit is not just about credit cards. Credit is about your ability to pay back. That's what they're judging. They're not judging and saying you got credit cards. They're saying, have you proven that you have the ability to pay back? Because if you do, that means that there's a certain level of a level of financial integrity that pours into other parts of your life. So we're using that to judge you whether it's right or not. You know, I, I don't know if this is still legal, but I remember at one point, if you had bad credit, your um your car insurance was higher in New Jersey. But I'm not sure if that's still legal. I, I vaguely remember, like, there was some law passed saying they couldn't do that. But, like, your car insurance. So I just say all that to say that, like, you know, like, I, I, I you know, I live in an alignment with a lot of Dave Ramsey's principles. Well, let me not even say Dave Ramsey's principles because he is not Jesus. Like, a lot of these principles are just principles that Dave Ramsey is just reiterating, but he didn't invent these principles. These principles have been here. There are literally books that were around before he was born that these principles have been shared in. And so I, I had never, I've not read anything of, of Dave Ramsey's principles. And, and yet the way I live my life, this is what I learned from my dad. He doesn't know who Dave Ramsey is. This is what he learned from his dad. These are just general principles of life. But um, I don't want that, that you look at credit with your nose turned up because the truth of the matter is if you live in the United States of America, oftentimes your credit score is really going, it's, it's going to affect more than just your ability to borrow. And so I don't want you to be caught, you know, by asking, you might want this amazing new job. And they're like, yeah, well, we need to know what your credit score is. It's like, wait, what? I didn't know. I, I let it go because I already have the things that I need. And like I said, you don't have to borrow in order to maintain a decent credit score. Just continue paying, you know, monitoring. You might look at it just a couple of times a year and, um, yeah. And I don't think we talk. The reason why we talk about credit a lot on our show is because people ask, you know, not because I don't think me and Mandy, I mean, me and Mandy, I mean, you're you're a payer downer like I am. You know, Mandy can't stand debt either. You Listen, know, so I don't even care if it's zero percent debt. I have learned I cannot stomach it. I hate yes. it. It keeps me up at night. My husband's like, why are you stressing out? I'm like, because it's there. And like, what if X, Y, Z? 
Yeah, yeah so I don't think we like tout it, right? I feel like we know. I feel like we live more in alignment with Dave Ramsey's principles, but it's just that we understand that there are folks who need who are needing that information, and they ask, we're going to answer. Yeah, I mean, listen, there are people who were in a bad situation, and they're already there. So does it help me to tell them, hey, you should have never done that in the first place? No. Um, we try to give advice that's realistic for the people and like meet you guys where you're at. And I think like if you've managed to maintain a high credit without a, you know, without a credit card or, or you haven't used credit cards in a while and it's working for you or you don't trust yourself with cards and you know mm-hmm. better and you want to like keep them away from yourself, that's cool. But yeah, there is a benefit if you can, if you're responsible with credit. And I think yeah. when we talk about credit, it's always about the way to use it the smart way yes. um, so that it's working for you and not against you and you're not actually giving money to, you know, major credit card companies or banks um, and just kind of falling into that that endless debt cycle, which is really terrible. So I, I like see where the um, anti-credit card sentiment comes from, but sometimes that's just not where people are at and you've got to We've got to meet them, meet you guys. It's, where it's you almost are. like the um, the like the the when people are like, oh my gosh, you know, teenage pregnancy just pre- preach abstinence. It's like, right, yeah, they're gonna exactly. Te- Why well, they're gonna have some sex? Like, yes, will some teenagers yeah. like adhere to the abstinence? Like, yeah, but it's not, you know, like it's not fair to only say, hey, teens, just don't have sex because the truth is, some are going to. So if we don't give them, you know, like the if we don't give them education about it then they're going to seek it out on their own and they're almost always going to be wrong. And so it's just like, well, this is happening. And so there should be a well-rounded, all I believe is there should be a well-rounded approach to financial education. I don't believe in extremes because we don't live in extremes. I feel like finding where people are and guiding them toward where they want, where they want to be, not where I think they ought to be. That's another thing too. I really believe in you know, financial education without the judgment. Cause I mean, I used to be, cause I used to be like financially perfect. Like, Oh, I did this. I did that. And then it all fell apart during the recession and it humbled me real quick. Like, Oh, so, <laughs> so these things happen. And I can say, I mean, like I said, I use credit. What the last trip I went on, the last two trips me and my husband went on points. Okay. Like those credit card points. Like I, I mean, like, cause I pay my credit cards off every month, but I use them a lot on purpose so I could pay them off every month. Cause I'm like, I'm, I don't use them a lot for random things. Like I use them for things I was going to pay. Like if I'm going to pay this bill anyway, put it on a card, pay it off in full automatically. And then I use the points to travel and, and we went to Jamaica for free. We've been Mexico for free and it was awesome. Um, and so, yeah, so use wisely, but I know most people, it's hard to use credit cards wisely for a lot of people. So I do suggest the folks who are not quite ready to manage it wisely, to really not use them in, in, until they, until they're in a space in a place where they can, you know. And I can say honestly, I'm, I am, uh, I hate to say I'm financially free, I because I could stop working now, but it's not where I want to be. So I hear I'm an example of someone who's used credit cards, who's messed up, who still uses credit cards. But and if I didn't want to work anymore, I could and still maintain the lifestyle that I have now. But I just have I have bigger goals of where I want to be. But I'm technically financially free. And, you know, credit cards are in my life. So it's possible to do both. Financially free. Well, we were talking about FIRE last week. And I feel like financial freedom means something different for every single person. Mm-hmm. You know, for you, for some people, it might mean give me a RV trailer and a mountaintop and no expenses. And I'm, I got 10 bucks to my name and I'm free. For some people, it, you know, they might want a house paid off or, you know, other things. Like you just have to make your own, set your own goals and then set your own ways of getting there. Um and uh, make peace with yourself. 
So thank you for your question. Hopefully, you know, we didn't piss off any uh, Dave Ramsey fans or uh, anti uh, or pro abstinence. <laughs> Who else? Yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, I know people are going to be like, oh, but I don't like it. Look, I just. Sacred yeah. blue. Listen. <laughs> Sacred blue. You're telling the babies to have sex? I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> Well, thank y'all for your questions. Again, we're Brown Ambition Podcast on Instagram. Send us a DM with your questions. Try to keep them concise and tight and to the point. Um, makes my life easier. Or you can hit us up um, on Inst- uh, sorry, an email at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for a boost and a break and a boost and a break and a boost and a break? Come through. <laughs> that, whatever key that was, I liked it. <laughs> That's the key of T. (laughs) Are you going to boost or are you going to break? I want to do a boost because I saw this. It was like literally the day after we had our talk last week about the fire movement um, and trying to explain our our takes on it. The New York Times posted this article interviewing, which I loved. You know, I'm like thinking like, damn, why didn't I assign this story to one of my writers? But um. One thing that I think we don't know if we mentioned it straight up, but it was definitely reading between the lines of what I was saying is that one of the things that drives me nuts about the fire movement is that's a lot of white dudes, like wealthy white dudes or white dudes who have privileges who are now financially free. Um, and the movement can't isn't always that accessible to people of color, or women and whatnot. And the New York Times did a really great article with the headline, for these women, a fire that burns two male and two white and it interviews women of color who are doing their own version of the fire movement and just kind of talk about like how the broiness of the fire movement can le- make people feel left out. Um, and I thought that was a great story. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link to that in our show notes. Check it out and shout out to I think one of the um, the women who was interviewed runs the blog called um, or they're at Instagram at Rich and Regular. I love that. Uh, yeah. So check them out and check out the story. And it's just like, it's just a reminder that like, I think there's room for the bros and every, you know, the rest of us to get into this movement together. But it's just nice to have the spotlight on the fact that not everyone's like I was just saying, not everyone's version of financial freedom is the same. You know, it can. Yeah. And certainly, if you're a woman of color, you know, two strikes against you, you're welcome. Um, and you've got you've just got hurdles in front of you that um, that some people don't have. And I thought it was hilarious how one of the people, I forget who was, who it was, who said this, but she was like, listen, I need to factor in the cost to keep maintaining my hair care, you know, into yeah. my future expenses. And I was just thinking, yes, the product, I need a product budget. Um, so it was great. Check it out. I'm, I am going to check it out. Actually. I like that because you're right. It does feel very like, mm, so I can't do that. So it should be modified. And, and that's why it's important to have, it's so funny. I was interviewed by this really big company. I don't want to say yet until like, I get the announcement. Um, but I was interviewed by this really popular, like, I guess it's business magazine. Um, we all know it. I'll tell you behind the scenes, Mantra. Um, and so it was an, an Indian woman, super dope. So, we were, so she was asking me all these questions and um, about like financial wellness. And just I was just giving her my two cents. And she was like, afterwards, she was like, Tiffany, this was such a breath of fresh air. Because she's like, usually, you know, whenever I have to interview somebody for finance, they're it's a white guy. She said, would you consider writing for the magazine? I'm like, are you kidding me? What? Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so that might happen. Um, so we'll see, but, but I just thought that that was like, you know, that was so crazy that she was like, uh, even after all this time, she still finds herself only interviewing, you know, white guys and her as a woman of color is like, I'm sick of it. There has to be some other no excuses. There's so many, 
diverse voices out there right now. You can't like but, there's so many people of color in personal finance that are. Well, I don't know if she's been assigned. I feel like she was assigned to me. So I don't know gotcha. how I don't know how her editor, you know, like works. So, oh, um, I see. OK, you, gotcha. you know what I mean? Because she was kind of like it was so nice. She was like, I was so surprised when they said this is who you're interviewing. So I don't know, like what type of stuff she normally writes, like if she just writes anything and they kind of just like we need you to interview this person. Um, but yeah, so it was just really nice. So I was like, OK, yeah. So you never know. You might see my byline and a big old Maggie. You're always um, trying to tease us. <laughs> well, I don't want to say because just in case she's like, girl, my editor said no, girl. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes out, I'll let you know. Um, but I want to boost because last night was so cute. So I was in this um, documentary for Prudential, just a few minutes, but it's a dope documentary about it, Prudential and TV One. Um, it's a dope documentary about um, women, especially black women and um and financial wellness. And what does that look like for us? It was about 40 minutes. They had this, um, NJ pack is like a huge, one of the most, like, it's a really beautiful, um, venue space. It's located in Newark. So they had it there. And so, but it was so nice because they asked me if I wanted to honor my parents because they really were talking about financial legacy as well. And so it was so nice. So I got to honor my parents NJ pack state. I mean, I've seen Lauren Hill perform on the stage, Avin Ailey, so many amazing people at stage. And then here I was on the stage giving the speech about like how my parents are so amazing and how, because they taught me, I've been able to teach hundreds of thousands of other women like me. And then that is their legacy. Well, one of their many legacies. And then to have my mom get up on stage, you could, I'm, Sylvia wants to take that mic so badly, Mandy. I had to look at her like, don't you touch that mic. <laughs> I had to block it with a gentle block and like turn for pictures. I was like, no, ma'am. <laughs> My dad was so cute because meanwhile, I must have told my dad like 15 times, you're going to come up on stage. He looked so shocked. He said, I didn't know we were going to come on stage. I'm like, daddy, I, I told you. <laughs> but it was just so cute. I'm going to post like like the pictures later on my IG. So t- take a look at them. But it was just honestly, it was just like, I don't know. I just want to do a boost for my my parents because I'm not going to lie. I was not an easy kid to raise. I don't know if you could tell. It's a little wild. Um, and uh, yeah, we butted heads for so long. Um, even even like when I got married, we butted heads because they really wanted me to marry a Nigerian. Um, and so and I didn't. So they were like, eh. and so but now, honestly, it's so crazy how good things are now. Because I was never, I was always the here Tiffany goes. <laughs> like everybody else would be like, I want cereal. And I'd be like, um, not even like food. I'd be like, well, I want paint chips. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? What? I was like so far left. They were like, Tiffany, I mean, please, <laughs> like make, do something for us that's possible for us to like wrap our head around. And so I, they worried so much and, you know, like, of course now, you know, the budget is, you know, before that it was like, what are you doing with your life? And now the budget is doing well. And so I could just, it's really changed their perception of, of like, um, how life has to go because before it was like, you have to be a doctor, lawyer, or pharmacist, you know, or an engineer, and you have to marry, you know, he has to have at least his master's. He has to be Nigerian. There were all of these kind of rules that they had for a successful life. And they're seeing that I'm making up my own rules. And they're like, and yet Tiffany has a successful life. Like, not just what I love is that, yes, they are acknowledging that my professional life is successful. But what I really love more than anything is they're acknowledging that my personal life is successful. Like the other day, for, um, for for Memorial Day weekend, we went to my dad's house and had like a little um, barbecue because my mom was away 
um, taking care of my, my new niece in Chicago. And so uh, my husband was like, we should go to your dad's house and have a barbecue so we could spend the day with him and bring uh, the kids. Because my sister Carol has two kids, Roman and Amelia. They're like uh, two and three. And they're like such a delight. And so we all went and we had such a good time. And my dad was calling my sister Tracy to thank her, to say thank you so much for coming and for, for planning it because Tracy's the planner. And she was like, no, that was Superman. That was Tiffany's husband. And he was, she said he was silent on the other line because he gave him a hard way to go. We were getting married. And like my dad called me later. He was like, Tiffany, you chose the perfect man for you. Like he just was just like, you know, I know that I didn't always see it, but you were right. He is awesome. He is kind. He loves you so much, so much respect for you. And your family. he was like, you know, you, you, you don't get relationships where people have that level of respect for you because they were like talking when we were at the house, like between themselves and he was like the way he speaks about you he was like you are I don't even know if you realize how fortunate you are and it just meant the world to me that like if you're having a hard time with your parents hopefully it will all work out I mean I'm 39 now it's like literally just working out so you might have 38 years to go but (laughs) but I don't know I just wanted to give a boost to that that like for like my parents and for like our relationship like changing and growing and because honestly, like I like I said, truly, up until maybe like a year ago, it was always slightly contentious. I always loved them, obviously, but so it's just nice to be on the other side of like that. I too want cereal and not pink chips, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they. I mean, I think that's just a sign that you were strong-willed and going to do things your own way, no matter yeah. what. Which is beautiful. Yeah, I remember like even before you, when Superman and you got engaged, like you were talking about the tension, like sometimes with your family you know, being accepting of him. So that's so nice to hear that things are, you know, people do evolve. They do. I think all the time, you know, when I was 15, my sister came out and my (laughs) family was terrible. Like I look back on it and I'm like, were we those people? Yeah, they were all homophobic. And like my sister went through hell. Yeah, she came came out. out. I thought you meant like when your mother had her, like came out. I was like, yeah, she came out with a rainbow flag and they were like, no. <laughs> no, she came out on my junior prom day. And I remember I hated her because she was stealing my attention. And uh, yeah, and we just like, and 10 years later from the day she came out, we were at her, not to the day, but to the year, we were at her wedding, just like partying it up. And when I gave, when I gave my speech, I was like, do you guys realize how far we've come? Um, you just have to, you know, with time and perspective, family you know, we get it together in the end, but well, most people, you hope so. And sometimes you just got to give people the space to get it together. Yes. You know, cause it's, it's easy to just be like, you know, what? I'm just going to walk away and leave them like, whatever, I'll start a new life and you can, but at the end of the day, you know, I mean, ideally you want your family. So yeah. So just a little, just a little something sweet to end off with. That's beautiful. <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank ya. What a beautiful gift for them for mothers and father's day. I know. Actually, it was like sidebar. It was really supposed to be for Father's Day. My mother was like, no, you have two parents. I'll be on that stage. I was like, okay, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen to her, though, because, you know. I, I did. I didn't want any problems. I was She's like, like let me take my credit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, speaking of Father's Day, here's your warning. Father's Day is this weekend, right? Coming up. I didn't get it. What are you getting? I what don't you know. Today? My dad usually texts us with an Amazon link to what he wants, and then <laughs> we hook him up. That's it's usually like a no, boat accessory. Oh. Me, look, I'm talking about husband. I'm like, I forgot. I'm like, wait, where's the baby? I was like, <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah. what are you gonna get? But I forgot that. Yeah, I don't have kids just yet. Yeah, you know, I'll get my. I don't know. My dad likes. My dad still loves a Visa gift card. 
Um, so he's he's an easy easy man to please. <laughs> have I don't to know say. what I'm gonna get Superman. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about it. And he's like really sentimental. So one time I didn't get him anything. So I'm like, because he said, I, no, <gasps> don't have to give me anything. So I did it. <gasps> Mandy, when I tell you, I never ordered a, um, a a like a because you know he, like the man cave is coming along. So I ordered like. Like that day, I ran upstairs and ordered one of those like really nice like fridges for like man cave fridges. Uh, you yeah, know, I remember. Yeah, what? And I was like, because he was like, so the next because I didn't know really until the next day, and he was in his feelings. He was like, I really can't believe you didn't give me anything. I was like, what? Or I was like, you didn't get. I was like, yes, I did. It didn't. It didn't come yet. Look at you. You know I'm gonna get you something. What? I paid for like same day shipping. I'm like whatever. Pay the extra hundred. I don't even care. And when it came, he was so happy. That thing cost me so much money. <laughs> <laughs> but hey. I told myself I will never do that again. That whole I don't need anything is a lie. <laughs> so, yeah, I have to get him something. And I'm like, yikes, what am I going to get him? Wife, husband, whatever, it's a lie. Always get something. You can never hurt anything by giving your significant other a gift. It's never going to hurt. It can only hurt you if you don't. Listen. Yes, woo child. I was like, woo. He was like, oh, you did. I was like, hey, yes. <laughs> Wiping down the bead of sweat <laughs> from your brow. All right. Well, you guys have been warned. You got a few days. Amazon Prime, two-day shipping. You can yeah. make it happen. Happy Father's Day. And to any papas who are listening to the podcast, happy Father's Day to you. Yes. All right. That's the show. Until next week. Until next week. I bid you adieu. Adieu. Bye. <laughs>